Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. And here's your host, Alan Kemper. Well, welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about all things Four Fires. Um, it is the the podcast where we get to talk about our professional fire, our people fire, our physical fire, and our purpose fire. Uh, basically encompasses all of the areas of life. Uh, today I have Ryan Roberts with me. Uh, Ryan is a um, is a client. Ryan is a friend. Um, Ryan is also a member of the Four Fires nonprofit board, uh, where we are working to build an army of four dimensional people. Um, and so uh, today I want to I want to dig in with Ryan, uh, talk a little bit about um, just your process. Uh, in the four fires and how that's impacted the different areas of your life, uh, how living intentionally has has shaped who you are today. Uh, so, Ryan, why don't you give us an introduction of who you are, uh, what do you do, what's your current state in life? Yeah, um, so I'm Ryan Roberts. I'm 37 years old. Um, I've been married to my wife, Ashlyn, for uh, this year will be, let's see, 12 years. And we have four children, um, Owen, seven, Tillman, who is about to be four, and then 18-month-old twins, Marin and Madison. Um, and I sell real estate in Auburn, Alabama. Okay. So so you and I have um, been spending time together for two, be two years. Two October. years. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'd like to dig into, um, you know, as we, as we first started meeting and, and thinking about the four fires. Um, how did how did this awareness, like this idea of there are four areas in your life that you need to be intentional in, is that is that something that you were already kind of cognizant of? Was that a new idea for you? Um, how did that how did that feel early on when we first started talking? Um, I mean, early on it was hard because felt like there was a void or like an emptiness for sure. And I couldn't figure out what it was. You know, I, I had what seemed to be the answers and um, what the, the world would see as fulfillment in so many different things, but still felt the big void. Mm. Um, and that was hard for me because um, I'm an overachiever and like to accomplish. And so void and not feeling like, you know, you were at 100% was hard pill to swallow um and growing up you know in a a very strong faith background um honestly kind of made it worse because I felt like you know wow I I know all these things and I have all these things but how did both those together still lead to the emptiness and the void so I think the awareness piece was probably one of the definitely the big biggest and most important part for me in these four areas I'd never thought about you know being strong in these four areas and how they all are so connected to each other, um, how they play off each other, how they build mm-hmm. upon each other, and how they all work together more as you know a, a, to fill those voids and make you feel more complete and whole. Um, so that awareness was crazy. I think I told you for the first like three or four weeks, it's like just drinking out of a fire hose. Like, where do you go? What do you do? How do you fix this one to make it better? Um, because I think for me, once I was aware of this this thought process and this lifestyle, I 
again, being an overachiever and wanting to be 100%, mm-hmm. I just couldn't wait to get to where I was at 100%. Right. Um, but at the same time, that was also kind of humbling, too. As I started going through there, I did see quickly huge progressions and large jumps and leaps. But also the awareness would ground and humble me where you thought you were so great in this one thing, but you realize that your level of awareness changes by the more knowledge and wisdom and, um, I guess, in some ways, the more like righteous you become in those areas, yeah. it changes what you find acceptable or what you're willing to accept of yourself or others, which is kind of um, eye-opening for me in a lot of different areas, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you use this word righteous, and, and, and that's not a word that um, that we use out in the world a whole lot, but we talk about righteousness literally just means right choices. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, we, as we talk about the four fires, right, one of the things... And, and, and there's the good and the bad of it. I mean, it, we name, what we do is we name an ideal, mm-hmm. right? It is this idea of, oh, there's this four-dimensional version of Alan. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this four-dimensional version of Ryan. And there's, like, we're painting a picture of who we could be. Mm-hmm. And it's not designed to be shameful or it's not designed that we, you know, we look at with remorse of who we're not. Mm-hmm. But... But man, we we rarely hit a target that we can't clearly see, and so the awareness piece is like, huh? There's a, there's there's a version of me that that is out there and that is winning in my professional fire, and winning in my people fire, and in my physical fire, and in my purpose fire. Um, yeah, that that's what's really interesting about the righteousness and the right choices, if you will, um, for me is that I am a rule follower and I like the outside world perception of me to be such in a strong level of right choices and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did struggle a little bit with the, um, the shamefulness and the guilt when I did become aware of these things. But really when I started focusing on, okay, it's not really that you aren't good enough or that you aren't who you should be. It's that you can choose things mm-hmm. that are in the right direction that can improve these four areas of your life that do comp- you know, create more wholeness, um, create more peace. Um, and that also was just huge in helping strengthen my identity and who I am and who God created me to be and who I should and need to be as a father, not to what the world thinks that is good or what looks like a good father to the world, but like really what truly, um, you know, I'm called to do when I've been given the opportunity to be in those leadership positions. Yeah. Yeah. The, the four fires is interesting because, um, you know, we talk about these three areas. It's ownership, or it's awareness, and then ownership, and then discipline. Um, and it's the discipline piece that has to do with you know the day-to-day choices that we make. Uh, I heard a cool quote. I, I wish I knew who said this first. It wasn't me. Um, we come into this world looking like our parents, mm-hmm. and we will leave this world looking like our choices. Mm-hmm. And and really it is, it's about, you know, living intentionally is about um, how, do we, how do we make sure that our choices are aligning with this ideal that we want. Um, you mentioned something a minute ago about um, that you wanted the world to look at you and, and kind of see a winner. Um, that, and, and I think that's a deep desire f- for all men especially is that we are very in tune, but I think everybody wants to be uh, respected and that we want to, we want to win. When we first started, where do you think if you were going to prioritize the four fires, 
in terms of like where you were putting the most energy. What 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 was the rank order there? hundred uh, percent professional fire. Yeah, and I would think that that's what that's what was so like shocking to me. I guess at that point was that most people in the world would say that I was winning. You know, mm-hmm. I, I looked like a winner. You know, I had lots of awards and lots of things and lots of um, outside looking in. I would score pretty high on the winning part, um, but the amount of like you know emptiness and just void that was left there because the other fire so weak. I didn't have a good relationship with friends. Mm. Um, struggled with, you know, if I'm fathering the right way and how my kids are going to grow up and what they see and what they value based on what I show them every day. Um, you know, always have had faith and, you know, of course, believed in God and that was all has always been a part of my life. But the true relationship part with him, um, you know, I mean, it was stronger at some points. We talked about this some. It's like, you know, you get like your youth group high. You know, like you yeah. go to youth camp and you come home and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, but then you get in those low moments where that relationship strength level you realize is not where it should be or where it has to be. Um, and so I think that, again, just the awareness of figuring those things out have helped fill those voids mm-hmm. um, and honestly kind of given me tools that I've been able to use throughout almost the past two years that – when I do feel that I am in a void or feel that I do have something that's lacking or that I need, you know, I know what to turn to and like how to get built up or find a friend and we talk through these things and you build me up and you encourage me. You tell me what lies I'm telling myself or what lies I'm hearing. Um, those kind of things just kind of change the trajectory of your mindset. Yeah. Um, it can be pretty impactful on you and people close to you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The identities that we own mm-hmm. that some of them are not. Not not in line with these ideals that we're we're trying to live into. All right, so you said you said professional fire was probably your first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Where do the where did the other ones kind of rank out? Second, third, and fourth. Um, so I would say I'm, I'm I have a high metabolism, so that was kind of an easy thing for me. I don't mm-hmm. think it was a fire I focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just something that I've been blessed with and I don't know how long it would have lasted. Um, it was starting to catch up with me a little bit more. I noticed, um, things were harder. Energy was definitely harder. Um, but I would say that was kind of the easier fire that seemed stronger than the others. Um, you know, and I think this is part of my critical self thinking part too. You know, I thought that my people fire was good, but then it still didn't feel like I, I felt a lot of um, insecurity there, um, especially with my kids, you know, like, yeah. what do I need to know that I don't know? And like, mm. what am I showing them that, um, you know, how does that impact their, their kingdom life? You know, like not just this life. Um, and it, it left me feeling kind of discouraged and searching for like what I need to do. Um, and so I would say that probably my purpose fire was at the lowest level at that point. Um, and then my people fire, physical fire and the professional fire. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, most people look at it and say, dude, he's crazy, you know, but that's what I think the world tells you is important. But then you realize that there's just a mouse and a wheel that you'll never get. You'll yeah. never get off if you don't figure out how to get your other fires. Yeah. You know, it is interesting if, if you think about, all right, well, what does the world recognize, especially for men, um, as successful? The first thing they're going to look for is how are you doing in your professional fire? And then the world's going to say, how do you look, mm-hmm. right? Like that physical fire piece is the second thing that the world will recognize. And then really, so long as your people fire is not a dumpster fire, yeah. then the world's going to go, oh, yeah, he's probably doing pretty great there. And the last thing they care about is your purpose fire. Mm-hmm. 
you know, one of the things that's interesting is if we uh, if we then go back and say, okay, so pr- from the perspective of the world, that's the priorities. Mm-hmm. And then we go, all right, let me ask this question from the perspective of my creator, mm-hmm. right? Like if I've got a soul and that soul has a creator, mm-hmm. what would be the priorities that my creator would have for me in rank order? Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and it's almost, it, it is... The inverse. It is first I care about that you have a relationship with me and you're connected. Then I care about how you care about people. Mm -hmm. And then I care about this little body as a temple Mm -hmm. that I gave you. And then I care about the work that you do on the day to day. And it a lot of times it's it's interesting how wound up we can get chasing after I mean, all the fires are important. Right. But how much, how much, I mean, basically it just incentivizes us to put, chase our professional fire or put a lot of identity there mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And it's, I remember kind of early on in this process, I don't even know if I've told you this, but I, um, I found a C.S. Lewis quote and it was something like about when you realize that the desires of this world, you can't catch up to them or you can't accomplish them or feel them. You realize that you're made for things that are not of this world. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, um, because like I've got the desires of the world, you know, I'm, I'm not super successful, but you know, I was doing well, and it seemed like I had it all, but it was just still the the void, and I was like, oh, because that's not what you're made for. Yeah, and that was pretty pretty awakening for me, for sure. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that we've gone through in this process of of coaching um, entrepreneurs is uh, there are a lot of miserable millionaires out mm-hmm. there that that we chase the money, chase them. And there's nothing wrong with the money. It's It's, it's fantastic to be great at what you do right. and to be well resourced and, you know, end all be all that's, that's not going to be the thing that at the end of the day makes it all right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this question. Um, as there's a, the four fires is a philosophy it is this mindset, this way we think about life. And it's all, it's all nice. I mean, it, it shows up in a, little, in, in a little booklet that talks about, oh, it's time to redefine winning at life. And, but at the end of the day, it's just a philosophy, which is a way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And it only has real significance and meaning if it then tactically shows up in our lives. So... What are a couple of things in each of the areas of life for you? Um, so you've you've been to two uh, two entrepreneur summits. One one entrepreneur summit. You have um, you've been on you've gone through the thirty day ruck, which is this twice. idea twice. Yeah, twice. Um, uh, and you yeah you did the first iteration that yeah. was uh, it was pretty rough. Um, and, and for those not, not familiar with it, the 30 day rock is a, a program that we put together that is designed to help you live four dimensionally for, for a month. Um, it starts off with a, with a two day fast. And then, um, and then there's a lot of things that you have to abstain from and actions, activities in each of the fires that you have to, uh, pour your logs on, um, to try to live four dimensionally so that we can be a little more application-based and not too heady about this. 
Um, so what are some, a, cu- a couple of the things, like if you were going to talk to somebody that is thinking about their life and going, well, man, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm pretty one dimensional or maybe I'm two dimensional. Um, first, what do you say to that person as they try to get their head around this idea of living four dimensionally? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's realistic for them to expect, what's unrealistic for them to expect. Yeah. And then and then a follow-up question to that is tactically, like what are some of the practices, the daily rhythms mm-hmm. that you've, you've gotten something out of as you've tried to lean into this more four-dimensional Ryan Roberts? Yeah, um, so I, would, I guess I would say just as you become aware of this, one of the biggest things and – it's it's shown to me every day by the amount of people that reach out to me that like, I haven't even talked to about this, but it, somebody else has told them that I've done this or that they've seen me do this or that they know somebody that said that I was doing something different. You know, um, there are 90% of men, I think, that are out there feeling like you feel. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got this one, mm-hmm. but the other ones are not good. And um, I wanted it to change, but I don't know where to start. Um, and so that's that's where I found myself, and I think that again, for my personality at the point, I thought I was like out on an island. You know what I mean? Like there's, I'm I'm suffering by myself with this, right. but it's really um, men, especially, have a hard time with uh, talking about things and, tra- and showing weakness and not kind of being your alpha male with like you know I got it, you know. Um, so I think just knowing like there's a lot of people out there like you, yeah, um, and that it is. For me, I think it's hard because um, as things progress, you know, I think I'm almost at a nine, but then I become more aware of things. And, like, what I really feel like a ten is, like, I don't know if I'll ever be a ten. And there's some people that will feel a ten um, that I would might consider five. You know what I mean? And that's just different personalities of what their things are. And so I think your level of expectation is really something that's some, that you personally have to set yeah. and can consistently change. Um but overall, it kind of goes back again to that intentionality and choices, you know. So, like, I think the biggest difference and the tactic and, I guess, skill or tool that I've seen is it does gauge most choices that I make. Um, so, you know, the choice of how I'm going to spend my time, how I'm going to start my day, you know, what I'm going to listen to in my car, what I'm going to be listen to at the gym, you know, who I'm going to talk to and the type of conversations I'm going to have. Um, it just really starts to formulate the way that everything you do, you know, is. Mm. Um, and the, I mean, the words you, you say and how you speak to people, mm. um, the environments you put yourself in, all those things kind of you see change and improve yourself. Um, I, I feel like that you start, you know, surround yourself with other people that you feel like you, you know, hold you to an accountability level and want to see you better. Um, also walk by you when you're like, you know, at the bottom of things. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that just the overall awareness and then small intentional choices that you take each day because that awareness is really is the long-term gain. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was hard at first because I wanted to see like instant results. You know, yeah. I wanted to go from three to ten in two weeks. Um, and really the only one that I could see a difference in doing stuff like that was for physical. Um, and I think that it always has come back around to, though, the more deep you focus and deep you are on that purpose side, the more that pours into all the rest of them. Yeah. Um, 
and the more intentionality you can put towards that, which is the hardest. I mean, I don't know when it won't be the hardest one for me, but the more intentionality you can put into that, the more you see the fruits and all the other fires for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, um, the purpose fire is oftentimes it's, uh, because it is a, it's a pretty intimate topic. A lot of times it's kind of the one that guys tend to, when we do coaching or we're walking with these people in, in there as they move into this four dimensional space, mm-hmm. a lot of times, Oh yeah, let's talk about my business. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and you want to help me, uh, work out and, you know, get in better shape. Okay. We'll talk about that. And, right. Okay, maybe I'll let you in a little bit in on the family side. Purpose is like our purpose fire, and, and and just as a reminder, you know, when we talk about our purpose fire, what we're really talking about is that if if you ask most people to really like really look inside themselves and answer the question, do you believe that you have a soul? Like when this little meat sack that we live in goes away. Is there something else? And and most people will go, yeah, yeah, I think I think there is. And so then, if you have a soul, then that begs the question: Where did that eternal element of you come from? Uh, does that soul have a creator? So if your soul has a creator, okay, yeah, I guess if I had this eternal element, then it probably has a creator. Then the question is: Does that creator? Did it just create your soul and spin it off and it wants nothing to do with you anymore? Or does it desire to be in relationship with you? If the answer to your question is, yeah, I mean, I guess I have a soul and yeah, I guess it has a creator and probably it makes sense that that creator would want to be in relationship with me, then the last question is, okay, well, then does that creator care about the actions that you take in the day-to-day life? and so in the purpose fire, what we talk about is the two elements that we, we spend time and energy on is what we call your connectedness, which is that relationship with your creator, and then your commitments, which is kind of the horizontal piece. The connectedness is your vertical relationship with your creator, and your connectedness is your uh, activities that you do on this little chunk of dirt called earth. And... So we try to be intentional in both of those spaces. Um, the, the Christian version of that is love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, vertical relationship with your creator, love your neighbor as yourself. And essentially all of the activities that we talk about in our commitments, our, our purpose commitments, fall into those categories of, you know, the, it's a good framework for living. So... Um, you're a guy who, who came into this process with a pretty strong purpose fire, like that you, like, or at least a background. You might think that, but I thought it was not working. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah, But an openness to dig in there. That's what I, that's what I'll say there is whether you perceive that you were strong in that space or not, you weren't, you weren't holding anybody at arm's length. You were willing and open to dig into that space. Um, I think that's what was hard and difficult for me is that um, commitment part. You know, again, that whole, whole worldly, you know, like I was comfortable and took, you know, unknowingly pride in being the nice guy, mm-hmm. taking care of people, finding need, fulfilling the need, you know, mm-hmm. serving others. And like, um, I, that's like my heart is naturally 
to serve others and to see them become different or to see that there is hope in different things. Not even from like a spiritual standpoint, but just because anybody can see difference. Anybody can get better. Yeah. And I love to see people realize that or just know somebody can believe in them to see the difference in that. Um, and so like that was easy for me. Mm. But the connectedness part mm. and even growing up, you know, like not missing a uh, event at church most of my entire life that was something that I really struggled with um, and it, for me it was because I, I dealt with guilt and shame in so many ways that I was like I don't understand like you know there's no way that who I am if God really knew that he wants this connectedness part Yeah. and the more I became aware of how badly that is not true that that's just the lie that you give and you know we're not nobody's perfect and we're never not going to sin it's, but it's the awareness that comes from this and the decisions that you make that lead you away from that. Um, and that's really just established through connectedness. And um, that catches you in those moments where, you know, you've done stuff, you know, could be for years, almost habitually, that you don't realize that is negatively affecting you and others around you. And it's um, just damaging, really. And the more you become connected, the less that those things live within you. Yeah. And the more filled you become. I mean, and then you can just take that negative attention that I was giving myself and it's changes from the negativeness to joy that I can pour into other people and my family and yeah. friends and business even. Um, so that was an interesting thing to see. Um, again, the connectedness is hard because like I'm a, I'm a box checker and I'm a grader and I want a hundred and I want to check all the boxes and then when I check all the boxes I want to see that it got me there. Uh -huh. And it's something that probably took nine months for me to even realize that and I'm still not good at it, but even to realize the small intentional things that I was doing that focused on that and how that impacted the conversation I had with my child, you know, where we went from you're getting in trouble or being disciplined because, I don't know, you slapped your sister and then talking about why we don't slap our sister and like, you know, what God says about that and how he feels about that and have reasoning behind it or, you know, how I spend my time uh, with my wife or even with friends, you know, I think it's just that awareness really kind of humbles you in ways that mm. um, can build you up and then help you build other people, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people get stuck on the, you know, oh, I do the things. I go to church or I, but but we, it's, it's, it's like this idea of trying to do the things to earn the identity, to earn the relationship, when the reality is, is that we have the relationship we, when, when we embrace it. We have the identity, and and it is. This is a great quote. Um, George McDonald, I think, said, uh, "We because we are the sons of God, we must become the sons of God." Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of first we have to have the the identity piece. I I, I relate it to like if you, if you're familiar with the story of the prodigal son. I mean, he comes back from, like, really screwing things up. He didn't do anything to earn anything, and the, and, the, and the father comes out and runs, and, I mean, he is trying to put the family ring on, back on his son. He's trying to put the, the cloak back on him and put new sandals on him. And a lot of times, if we won't embrace that identity, if we won't allow ourselves to, it's like we're taking, no, no, I don't deserve this ring. I'm going to throw right. this ring on the ground. I don't deserve it. We do. We're sons, yeah. and and so when we get comfortable in that space of, yeah, I really am a son, mm -hmm. and then like you said, then you get to give 
not to earn, not you get to do all the right things. Well, it's just natural too. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that because of that, then then we start living on the planet like we're the sons of God, mm-hmm. instead of trying to like do all the things right and imitate our way into. It's the whole like adoptive mindset, you know, like you're already loved and chosen and picked out. Yeah. You just got to be there. Yeah. You just got to say, okay, yeah, uh-huh. you're dead, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was just a real difficult thing for me to get past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I see the more that I do truly live into that and do truly believe that, um, how it impacts everything. It, it just, it really forms and shapes the other fires. And I mean, it's just crazy. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is the one it is the one fire that can never be taken away from you, right? Your profession can be taken away from you. Uh, and, and a lot of people will put their identity, and when it's time to retire, oh, my gosh, who am I outside of my uh, – your, your family and your loved ones can be taken away from you. Your body, your health can be taken away from you. But it is the one place where we can put our identity, and until we have – until the last breath – in our lungs, that's the one fire that I can nurture when I'm 99 on my deathbed and all my friends are gone and my work is done and my body is is fading. Mm. That will be the last fire burning. Yeah, Um, and I mean, and if those things might not happen to you, but that you know and understand when that relationship, when they happen to everybody around you, because it's gonna happen, mm -hmm. that puts you into the place and the position that you can really feed and fill those people with your experience. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the whole thing. It really what struck me when I started going through this, and we talked about this a lot too, is, you know, like who are these men and four, you know, four dimensional people out there, you know, that you can go to and see, and there's not a lot of men that are older that you feel like really encompass a lot of these things. And so for me having a son, it was so important for me to know that if I do this and hopefully bring some, dudes along the way with me yeah. that my son can see and know that this is what looking like a man looks like yeah. for them. Um, because we need those things as we lose our job and people around us die and tragedy happens and the world falls apart. I feel like if you don't have other men to be around you or your family, like I think it's something about my wife, you know, this is established relationships with other men through the four fires that I feel confident that there are other men who would walk alongside my wife and my kids if something were to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and before this happened, you know, I have a wonderful family and uh, I think a lot of them, but I don't know that I would say I felt comfortable that, you know, that I wouldn't feel like that all those things were equipped my children and wife were taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like now that I've been able to see other men pour into me and then also try and return my best to pour into other men in those ways, that I feel like there's people that can fill those spots for you if there's something that tragically happen, and then you do the same for them. Yeah. Yeah, talk a little bit more. Um, you know, you uh, what you're alluding to there is that there's this community and there's this tribe of other men who are also trying to live four-dimensionally. Um, talk a little bit how the, the friends, the part of your people fire, has shifted over the last you know, two years, um, as you've been kind of walking this journey. Yeah. Um, so one of the most impactful things that you, you say and do say is, you know, if you die tomorrow, who are your, here's who are your pallbearers. Um, and that was kind of an earth shattering thing, um, for me. And I could tell you who they were, but then I think the follow up question of how well do they know you, um, was huge. And at that point there, 
there were people that would carry me, but I don't know how well they truly knew me mm. um, or knew my family or what needs I would have or what needs my family would have. And so I think looking at it from that mindset, and again, not to be morbid, but you know, looking at the mindset like who are you and what relationships are you creating that could fill those things and help carry you know you literally and then physically um, in those times was something that really challenged me. Mm. Um, and so I don't... I think just intentionally, because I was aware of that, I've obviously started putting more logs on that fire to try to help it grow. But before that, my my logs had been so strongly focused on the professional fire. And not not only from just that I want to accomplish a lot and look successful, but I wanted to make sure that my family was provided for more yeah. than they could ever want or need. I wanted them to know that I worked and provided for them in ways that they felt fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um and I realized, you know, that that wasn't really working and I didn't have a level to catch that with. Um, so I think from taking some time to think about those relationships with other men and pouring into them and um, working through these four fires holds you accountable in ways, um, you know, that they ask you, you know, how's, how's your marriage? You know, what's your kid going through? And mm-hmm. um, where you might think that you don't have an answer to it, it's having other people say, well, you know, have you tried this? You know, well, why don't you do this with your kid? Or why don't you and your wife try these things? Um, and even with other friends, you know, like, oh, well, if you haven't talked to them in a little bit, why don't you call them and have a serious conversation? Or if you have something that you feel like is keeping you and another person that you love or a friend apart, like if you really care enough about a relationship, you just confront them with the thing that's making it uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, just having those, I guess, kind of, people in your life that push you um, and don't accept just the, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, like, let me know how I can help, but to be like, hey, these are things you should try. Um, This is what being four-dimensional in these ways look like. Um, Just, it's really impactful, for sure. Yeah, you're talking about there's a level of authenticity and and depth and openness. Um, You and I have gone through some exercises uh, with a, a couple of other four dimension, four fires guys, where we have opened up our finances mm-hmm. to each other mm-hmm. and said, you know, uh, here, here's where I am. Like, like all my net worth, my you know income, my you know cash flow, my debt. Uh, here's what my marriage looks like. Here's my body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> here's a scan of what my body looks like right now muscle mass and body fat and here's what my personal profession or my purpose like my connectedness with my creator here's where my shortcomings come like to kind of like open up like and be really raw with a group of guys in that space is um it's uncommon um it can be really uncomfortable but um i think it lets us feel fully known like i feel like like um, and, and the, and the crazy piece is, is, you know, I, I had a lot of kind of fear and trepidation about like, Ooh, I'm going to like tell them all the stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get on the other side of it and you go, Oh, I think they still like me. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. turns out that they didn't shame me and, and, and not want to be my friend anymore. Um, and, and so what I get on the other side of that scary is real authentic friendships and, right um well and i think what's interesting about that too is you know you become more authentic and more real and you realize again your level of things is different you know like mm-hmm. you open up your finances to somebody and you do really well but then you open up for somebody else that does 
like 10 times more really, well really than you well, do, yeah. but y'all feel the same way about finances. Uh-huh. Or on the opposite end, you do so much better than somebody else. And, you know, but they do better and they feel much more comfortable about their finances, but they make a third of what you do. Yeah. Like, how do you get to where you're content like they are with their financial stability mm-hmm. at a third? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that kind of openness helps create uh, accountability, of course, but also just knowing that everybody's got stuff and mm-hmm. kind of sharing the stuff and then people to tell you like, hey, quit whining or you should be happy with where you are or you're too hard on yourself or you need to suck it up and stop doing this mm-hmm. is uh, something that we don't really experience a lot. We try to do that with our kids, usually in a negative connotation, but we don't do it with each other enough. And I think that that's really what builds up and makes us stronger. We've seen in these groups how drastically people's lives have changed, not just financially, but, you know, physically, financially, um, emotionally, and with the relationships with their kids and other family members and their children, just by having these open conversations and people telling them, like, hey, dude, quit whining about it or go do something about it or Mm -hmm. don't just complain, put action to that. And then someone asking you about the actions that you said you were going to do, it it changes trajectory, I think, for for generations of people, for sure. Yeah, you were talking about... um that your son and your daughters are watching. Um, and this idea that, you know, our, our children will become the men, the women that we are today. Like we're the best picture that they have for what it looks like to be a 38 year old or a 44 year old. Like my son grows up thinking, well, I guess this is what a 44 year old man does. Um, and one of the things that I want the that picture to be clear is I want them to see when you are a grown man, you have real friendships Mm -hmm. that you have authentic men in your life that you, you bear your soul to because man, when we get, when we get alone, when we get pulled off out of the herd, that nothing good happens there for guys. Like, you know, all of a sudden we are susceptible to all sorts of bad stuff. Mm Um, and so that, that idea of our kids are watching and are we, would we be proud if, if our kids were aiming for where we are right now, physically or spiritually or in our relationships with our friends and, and, and spouse and professionally, that's a, that's, that to me, like lights a fire under my butt. I'm going to go like, I need to, I need to be somebody (laughs) like, if not for me, then for them. Um, so let me, you began walking through this process, and it started with, okay, here was Ryan, and then there was this awareness, and then you, you pretty instantly took some significant ownership in each one of these things. And, and one of the gifts that you have is, and I think you pulled from your professional fire, is that you have the ability to exert discipline in a lot of different areas of your life. I think that's a muscle that you have been working for a long time that maybe not everybody at 36 when we started or has fully developed or maybe they've let that muscle atrophy. But I think you, because of your professional drive, had were pretty good on the discipline piece and were able to, like, once you were aware and then you took ownership of all the areas, you were able to, like, shift into that space. But now, um, now it's not just become about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're actively leading a small group. You're leading a group of guys that 
um, where you're kind of mentoring and coaching them on their own four fires journey. What was the mind shift, mindset shift that happened that allowed you uh, to go from a recipient of coaching and the four fires uh, to, to a point where you felt confident enough to be able to like walk alongside other men in, in their journeys? Yeah, and I think it's, it's funny that you use the word confident. I don't think that I ever felt confident or qualified. Mm. Um, when I started this, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do or what I should do. Mm. But I knew that the impact that this had on me, and I wanted it, I wanted everybody else to have the opportunity to at least see this impact. And again, you know, where I'm going to see some basic, in my opinion, kind of complete life change. Outside looking in, you probably wouldn't think I'm any different than I was three years ago. But to me, I, you know, I feel completely different than I was. And I want to see some people experience even just a taste of that was huge mm-hmm. for me. Um, there's a Bible verse in Matthew, and it talks about how um, if you want something, go out and do it for someone else. And um, basically, then they'll do it again for you. And so that really is kind of what I thought. You know, I was like, I want this for me. It was kind of almost selfishly. Um, I want this group of people that, you know, I can hold me accountable and I can um, tell them hard things and they tell me hard things and that they're not afraid to confront me and they're not going to worry about hurting my feelings that they're just going to be honest with me. Um, And so I didn't know how to develop or create that um, because I had neglected my friend five for so many years. Um, And so it was basically, you know, just go out and be that to other people and then naturally it happened to me that they turned into doing that for for me um and it ended up be some a lot of the guys that i do this with we don't have a lot of similarities we don't have a lot in common we're relatively all similar in age but have completely different career paths we're completely different gauges or levels of where we think we are professionally and physically and on our purpose fire and on our people fire um but it's it's been good that we all know where each of us want to be mm. and where each of us feel like we are and that we can push each other to grow in all of those areas um, where they all say I'm intense and that I want to achieve too much. And I'm too hard on myself. Mm. Um, but I know that that's my personality. And so they still push me even mm. though they think it's too intense. Mm. Um, and so it's a, it's a different level of just being known by other people and, and you making it aware of what you want for your, yourself and then having them push you in that direction. That's cool. Um, and encourage you and lift you up. I mean, it's a it's a pretty impactful thing. Well, and I, I think there was a, I mean, you said maybe you didn't feel confident or, or competent, uh, but I would maybe argue that at the very least courage, right? Courage is not the absence of fear, but the belief that there's something more important than the fear. Um, but the be courageous to step out and kind of uh, take this take this group and say, okay, here we go. Yeah. So talk yeah, about me. It would have been a selfish thing to do for not to do it. You know, oh, like yeah. when you, it's like, it'd be like you going on the most fun roller coaster of life. Me being like, yeah, that was fun, but you can't go. You yeah, know? I mean, it's it was so it was such a life changing trajectory for me that I I want other people to experience and know that this hope is out there and that this God is out there and this accountability is out there and that mm-hmm. there is, you know, there is a way to find peace and comfort in in life and be satisfied with who you yeah. are. Yeah, and and that's what where we've started through lead is that we 
we offer that kind of thing through the Entrepreneur Summit, but obviously that's not something that everybody can go to. And so really with some of y'all's encouragement, uh, one of the things we've started working on is developing some kind of small group content so that there's a way to have greater accessibility around that. But I think you just kind of took it in your own hands and said, you know, like, all right, let's dig in here. Mm-hmm. So, so tactically, like, you guys meet, you know, once a week, once a month. How many guys are in the group? What, do, what do y'all? What does that look like for y'all? Yeah. Um, so originally, when we first started this, we were going to meet um, every other week, mm-hmm. and we were going to meet for an hour every other week after we kind of took care of all of our responsibilities. So we all decided that we wanted this to be a priority without distractions, and so we were going to put our kids to bed and um, you know eat dinner with our families and then meet at night so that we weren't meeting in the morning and distracted by work and other things calling at us. Um, and really, it turned into, um, again, the vulnerability part of, of others in this experience is really what changes it and makes it what it is. Um, and we realized after the first couple of weeks, like, this isn't going to work well for us to meet every couple of weeks. So if we meet every week um, at 8 o'clock, and sometimes we'll be out till 1 in the morning, just wow. depends on how the conversation goes. Um, there's some weeks where we'll meet on Monday and then one of the guys sends us a text message like, Hey, I need y'all to meet with me Friday morning. And we talk about what he has going on that day that he needs us to, you know, help him work through. Sometimes that's figuring out business things. And sometimes it's figuring out like how he's going to handle giving news to somebody. And, um, so, I mean, you just start living life more intentionally with those other people. Um, and it, it, it just kind of has formed into much more than I would ever, you know, expected or had planned out Um, but it's just it's again just naturally forms into um, having deep relationships with other people yeah Mm -hmm. how many how many guys are in the group so um, it's myself and there's four other guys so five total okay yeah I I don't think I'd realized even even in the stories that we've recently shared that you know um, that it had really kind of moved into this um, more of a like you're you're doing life with each other Mm -hmm. like in all the areas. Yeah, um, and that really wasn't at all my intention. And again, you know, we were all very different in our, you know, careers and different things, and so I didn't expect it really to turn into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we are so honest, I mean, we know everything that's going on with everybody and yeah. what they're doing, what their kids are doing, and how their wives are. And so it's really just kind of naturally developed and that we do do life with each other. Yeah. Um, which and, is good. And that's so uh, – one of the questions I usually ask men is, you know, if your life was a hundred page book, how many pages do you let other people read? Mm-hmm. And, and usually the number is in the teens, mm-hmm. maybe in the twenties. Um, and man, when we go through life and we aren't fully known, like I heard a definition of love one time and it was like, love is total knowledge of a person and then total acceptance of that person. Mm-hmm. Like that's that I God knows me fully and he loves and accepts me fully. Mm-hmm. But so often I think what we do is we keep other men at arm's length. Mm-hmm. So we what we're what we're preventing is the idea of that they're not going to accept me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm saving myself from the pain of ex, of of rejection. Mm-hmm. But what I lose is the opportunity to really truly be loved and cared for. Mm-hmm by people around me. And I think 
it sounds like that what you guys have done is, and I, I don't know how that process unfolded over a, yeah. a, a period of weeks and months, but just continual openness and authenticity. And I think that's such a good uh, protection against, I mean, it'd be, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to get pulled away from the herd oh, yeah. when you're a part of a group like that. Yeah. And I think what's, really been cool to see too is like I'm I'm in sales so I'm an open book like I'll tell anybody anything you ask me a question I'm gonna tell you the truth um, sometimes I overspeak and I say too much don't know when to shut up probably now is one of the situations <laughs> um, but it's it was really I've never had a problem sharing my hundred page book mm. um, but I didn't realize how much of the book I wasn't sharing because I wasn't being asked the right questions mm. um, and so it's being around people that are really gonna ask and probe and not just accept whatever your answer is but ask you why you're answering that way and like why do you do those things and like why do you live like that and you know what kind of habits are you creating and what are other people seeing in you um that's really what's created like that quality of relationship and um i mean humbly i will say part of that was again you doing that for other people and you setting that example to them uh these the this is this is what it's like to have friends and this is what it's like to to truly know each other and to truly walk through things and to not let other people fail just because it's the easy thing to do. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I think when we open ourselves up in all four of those areas, it does, I mean, it, it creates a framework for real friendship. Mm. Um, and I think that there are people, um, you know, it seems like there are people that you found in your life that are friends that you started off thinking that you were going to pour into. Uh, then there's some other group of friends that you thought that they were going to be the ones pouring into you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and my observation from the outside is that you have really found a group of people who can do both Mm -hmm. and that we, none of us, uh, are above being poured into Mm -hmm. and that we all have something to give and something to receive. Um, this idea of iron sharpening iron is a, is a real thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Ryan, let me, uh, to, you know, to kind of wrap this up, um, if this is, if this is somebody's first exposure to the idea of living four dimensionally, like, oh, I've got a professional fire and it's made up of my craft and my cash. Mm-hmm. I've got a people fire and it's made up of my family and also my friends and I've got a physical fire, and it's made up of what I eat and how I exercise. And I've got a purpose fire, and it's made up of my connectedness with my creator and then my horizontal commitments because of that identity. If this is like the first time somebody's like, whoa, how'd I find that podcast? Um, what's, what's the word for somebody? What, do you, what, do you, what would advice you would give somebody if – if this is the first time, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not living a four-dimensional lifestyle right now. Mm-hmm. Where do they? What, what's their? What's their next step? What's the? Where do they go? I mean, I think that really just the best thing. I would just say that know that it can be better, mm-hmm. and um, that small intention can make a great difference, um, and and be encouraged by that. Um, don't be encouraged, discouraged by your state or your own evaluation, but just know that small intention can make a great, a great difference for sure. Um, and I would think, you know, starting out, 
reading through this book and kind of making yourself aware of um, of these four areas and where you stand in them, mm. um, or maybe even assessing yourself in all these four areas. Or for me, I've um, had my wife assess me, which was pretty eye opening in in different ways too, um, encouraging in different ways too. Um, but you know, ask somebody close to you. Um, you know, how do you feel like you stack up in these things? Hmm. Um, and then be willing to, you know, humble yourself to be like, yeah, I probably should do this or look into this differently. Um, but just know that just anything that you can do that is a forward moving motion is just going to see a great deal of difference in the future. Yeah. It might take five years. It might take five months. It, you know, it could take a week. Yeah. Um, but any intention you give towards it, you'll never regret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And the book you're talking about is the the Four Fires Philosophy. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's interested in that, you can find that on Amazon. The Four Fires Philosophy. Um, if uh, Ryan referenced, you referenced a uh, an assessment. Um, so we we use a tool. There's a tool that we use to uh, for you to self assess yourself, grade yourself, in, in the Four Fires. If that's something that you're interested in, uh, email me at alan at leadadvisors.org. Um, and we'll see about getting you a, uh, a copy of the assessment so that you can dig into that uh, for your process. Um, Ryan, it's been, it's been great. Uh, it's been great having you here today, but it has been amazing having you in my life and to walk with you over the last two years. Um, I love this process because uh, <laughs> my clients become my friends. And, uh, and so uh, thanks for taking a little time out of your day to be here um, and kind of share your journey. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. So, um, as always, um, for the Four Fires Nation out there, we hope that you will uh, uh, be aware, take ownership, exert discipline, and uh, live intentionally. <laughs>